We learned last week, <coughs> last day of Shabbos, just the just the Gemara in Brachis, which is a backdrop for what we're learning. The first Seif. Don't worry, we'll get past the first one soon. The first Seif in Eretz Chayfetz, which is the first Torah in the Iris of Eretz Yisrael from Rav Kook. It's very, very important to learn this thoroughly because the entire Sefer, really, and all of the and all of the Torahs that we're going to be learning, which are for Cook, will be much easier to understand in light of in light of uh, of this of this derech that Rav Cook has, and seeing the two levels, the two rivadim, the two layers of our connection to Yisrael, the Kenyan Atzmi and the Kenyan Chitzayni, which is what the first Sif in Eretz is about. The Kenyan Atzmi, the Kenyan Pnimi, the Kesha that a Jew has, that Am Yisrael has with Eretz Yisrael, and the Kesha Chitzani, the, the relationship that we have with the land is a place for us to <coughs> hide from the Tsarist of Garlis as a place for us to have as our home, to be able to build and to develop and so on. All that we're going to be learning in Eretz Chayfetz really is a histalsalus of this division that Rav Kook sees between the two levels of Kedusha's Eretz Yisrael, or our Keshet Eretz Yisrael, and understanding what that means. It's very, very important. So the Gemara, let me just remind you what the Gemara was, and then we're going to look inside the Enayi. I hope you have the page. Yeah, it's very hard to learn this without seeing it inside. It's hard to learn anything outside with Rav Cook. It's it's almost like impossible. Yeah. We learn of a fascinating discussion in Brachis Mem Aleph Amud Beis between Rav Chizda and Rav Hamnuna. Let me just remind you, and then we'll learn the piece in the Enayah, which is itself the backdrop of a very, very fascinating dialogue between Rav Kook and three great Hasidic Sadikim in Poland regarding the issue of sending money, of putting pushkas in Jewish homes for the Karen HaKayem at Yisrael. Now, those who are a little bit older that would have to probably be 50 plus, which I admit to. It's already been a long time since I was 50. That the, we remember when we were children that, that many, many Jewish homes, they gave us in yeshiva, they gave us pushkas for Karnakayama, which was to raise money for building for the yeshiva Vertisrael. And, and, um, there were tzaddikim, there were tzaddikim, very great tzaddikim in Poland. We're going to talk much more about this at the end. After we do this piece, man, yeah, there were tzaddikim in Poland who were, who were, who wrote a very, very respectful letter to Rav Kook, asking Rav Kook to join them in, in, um, in protesting the distribution of these pushkas. The money that was used, that was raised by Karen Kammer was, is, they were not religious people. These were very, very secular, many anti-religious people. And and the tzaddikim uh, wrote to Rav Kook explaining that that there are innocent Jews, even non-religious Jews in Poland, 
who are giving this money with the belief that it's being used to strengthen the holiness of Eretz Yisrael and to build up Torah and Yerush Hashem in the new in new religious communities in Eretz Yisrael. And in fact, it's being used to fund the 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 building of uh, mostly 99% of it was being used to fund secular communities and secular kibbutzim and so on. And those tzaddikim believed that it was wrong to raise money in Poland for those purposes and that and that it's not promoting Kedusha Saritz and the return in a way of holiness to the land, but rather it's promoting the secular takeover of, of Israel, the secular takeover of, of the Yeshuvim. And there's a fascinating uh, there's a fascinating back and forth with letters that were written from these tzaddikim to Rav Kook and Rav Kook back, which we'll go over a little bit at the end, where we see that this Torah that we're learning in Einayo, this was already in Rav Kook's mind before before he came to Israel. Rav Kook supported the uh, the he supported the the uh, work of the Karen Kayemet, although with very strong conditions, but he did support it, and. It's all part of the uh, of his way of thinking of Yisrael that we're learning now, that there are two levels, there are two levels, there are two shlavim and two layers of the return of Am Yisrael to Yisrael and the building of the land. And and Rav Kook believed that that all of this was part of the Hashgacha Hashem. All of this was Hashem's mysterious way of of bringing Am Yisrael back to Yisrael. And the letter that he wrote in response, and there's another letter that we have in his letters that was written to an, uh, somebody else, he explains also based upon halacha, not just uh, not just his philosophy, but based upon halacha, why he disagreed respectfully with the tzaddikim in Poland. And we'll see something, maybe we'll look at a little bit inside. It's fascinating. Uh, it's a fascinating dialogue between very great people regarding matters that, that, that are very much nogea to, to things uh, nowadays as well. The Gemara in Brachis is, uh, just to remind you, the Gemara is telling us about this conversation between Rav Hamnuna, Rav Chizdan Rav Hamnuna, that they were together by a Suda, and fruit was brought out to serve the tzaddikim, and, and Rav Chizda was surprised because they brought, they, they brought dates, and they also brought pomegranates, Rimonim, Tamarim and Rimonim, and Rav, Hiv, Rav Hamnuna, the Gemara says that Rav Hamnuna took the he took the the uh, date that he took uh, 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 the tamar, and he made a bracha on the on the date, and with the bracha that he made on the on the tamarim, he parted up. He exempted the bracha of bar priates on the on the uh, rimon. So on the pomegranate, Rav Chizda was very surprised. I'm just reminding. I hope you remember. But Rav Chizda was very surprised by this, and Rav Chizda asked Rav Hamnuna. Uh, don't you agree with the teaching that we've received that has come down to us that the order of the fruits of Yisrael, which are more important than you make the brachan first, that order is determined by how close it is, where it comes in the pasuk of where it comes in the uh, in the pasuk of Eretz Chita Sara Vegefen Uteimer Vimon Eretz Eis Shemnu Dvash. So in that pasuk, you know that from the beginning of the pasuk, uh, uh, the uh, rimon comes before the dvash, which is the tamar, which is uh, the tamar, the the, uh, the dates. That's all the way at the end of the pasuk. So why is it that you're making a bracha first on the on the uh, tamar? Why are you making a bracha first on the date? When it's at the end of the pasuk, you should be making a bracha first on the rimon, 
that is the fifth in the seder of the of the of the fruits in the uh, in the pasuk. So the answer that the answer that that Rav Hamluna gave is is fascinating, and you remember that Rav Hamluna explained that we have to divide the pasuk into two parts. There's because the word eretz is is written twice in the pasuk. So Rav Hamluna says it's that it's true that Rimon, the pomegranate, is 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 closer, is is close to the uh, is fifth from the first time that Eretz is mentioned because it says in the pasuk, Eretz chita saora gefen teina virimon. That's true, but then you have the word Eretz again, and there it says Eretz is shemen udvash. So the word dvash is closer to the word Eretz in the second part of the pasuk. Rimon is fifth from the first Eretz. And Devash is only three away from the second Eretz. So, Rav Hamluna said, therefore, since, since there are two times that the word Eretz is in the Pasuk, land, Eretz Yisrael, the Tamar, the date, is, is closer to the word Eretz, even though it's the end of the Pasuk, but it has more of an affinity. It's closer to the word Eretz than Rimon, which is further away from the word Eretz in the, at the beginning of the Pasuk. Can you say that again one more time? Yeah, I'll say it one more time. It would be easy, I guess I should imagine that it's a blackboard. Or it's not called a blackboard anymore, a smart board. Imagine that there's a smart board over here, and to see it in your mind. You have to try to picture the Pasuk. The entire Pasuk is Eretz, is, is Eretz Chita Usaora Vegefen Utena Virimon. Okay, so that's, that's the Pasuk. So Rimon which is very chashiv. Rimon, the pomegranate, is the last word of that first part of the Pasuk, and it's further, it's far away from the word Eretz. Again, Eretz, that's Eretz, Eretz is so. Then you have, Chita, Saora, Gefen, Teina, Rimon. That's the Pasuk. Then, Aleph. Next, Eretz, again, Zeis, Aleph, Zeis, Shemen, Udvash. Udvash is tomorrow, right? Is our dates. So, what Rav Hamluna is answering is that I agree with you that the closer it is to the word Eretz Yisrael, the closer it is to the word Eretz, the more Choshev it is. So why is it that I have taken the Tamar, why am I eating the date before the Rimon, if the Rimon is in the first, is in the first Pasuk and Tamar is only... So his answer is because when you look at this, at this entire Pasuk, you see that, that Rimon is the fifth from the first mention of the word Eretz, and Dvash, which is Tamar, dates, is a third from the second mention of Eretz. So what he's saying is, what the Gemara is saying, what Harun is answering is, it all depends how close you are to the word Eretz. So even though Rimon comes earlier, before Dvash, but it's further away from the word Eretz. Dvash comes later in the Pasuk, but it's closer to the word Eretz albeit the second word, but it's closer to the word Eretz. Now, right? You got it? So now what Rav Kook is going to, is going to explain is this whole sheet about Eretz Yisrael. All that we learned, he's going to explain in this halach. Now let's, let's see it inside. Oh, and the end of that is, you remember, the Rav Chizda was so nispal, he was so excited, the Rav Chizda said that man yohiv lo nagri de parzlov that if I had legs of iron, I would run after you to learn from you. So what does that mean, legs of iron? What, what, what is on the spoil from this, from this limud, from this teaching? 
what about if you had Kripta and Zeitz? I'm not going to go into these questions now, Halach. That's, okay, that's, okay. that's a question. These are, that's an important question. It's going to take us away from what we have to do right okay, now. Sorry. No, that's, that's important. You have to know these Halachas. I would invite you to come to the morning carlo, but it might make you uncomfortable. <laughs> that's what that's what the chaver is learning with Rabbi Levin. <laughs> I'm not. Like, you'll be fine. <laughs> no, you're not invited. <laughs> we love you anyway, but you're not invited. This is an Orthodox congregation. No, no. Okay, so now let's see the Einayel. Let's see if Cook can say. Kishem, Kishem Shahabracha, he brings the Gemara. You see where it's, it says Ois Mem in the Einaya. This is just a magnificent Torah. You'll see what I mean. Kishem Shahabracha's Asman. First, Rav Kook explains, he's really bringing the Rambam at the beginning of his Brachas. What's the, what's the purpose of, of Brachas, of saying Brachas in general? that we on the Paris, on fruits, and so on. What's the purpose? Kishem Shabrachis Atzma Miiros as Halavavis Ladeos Yesharos. That's the Rambam. Brachis, the Rambam says that Brachis awaken the heart to have a correct understanding of where everything in life comes from. That's obvious. Brachis, the Rambam says, Brachis awaken us, remind us every time we make a Bracha. The Bracha reminds us that that who's the Balabas, who's in charge, and where all of our brachas come from. Shehein ovus lamasim yisharim umidus tayus. The Rambam says that if a person, if a person is reminded, and as a result of that, his deos, his midos, his deos, and the Rambam deos doesn't only mean intellectual, it means midos as well. If he's a person that is in the right frame of mind, and he's thinking about Hashem, which the brachas constantly, constantly are there to remind us of Hashem, that will affect the person in such a way, because one's thoughts and one's emotions are the ovos lamasim yesharm umidus tayvus. The ovos that will lead, in other words, this remembrance of Hashem with everything that we do will lead to Maisim Yisharam, to a proper way of life, to actions that are good and that are holy, or Midas Tavis and good Midas. So if Kuk is saying, that is the general purpose of all of the brachas, at least the brachas and that we make, that's the general purpose of all brachas. But now he says, the same way that that in general is what brachas are all about, Kain gam prateyem lehilcheseyem, so too, Rav Kook says, and this is a chiddush here, so too, if you look into all of the details in the halachas of brachas, not just the general Indian of, of brachas, but even if you study the details of hilchas brachas, you will see, all of the details of hilchas brachas will lead you along these pathways that bring a person to midos tovis v'yakarvis, to very precious and refined midas, living as Jews. Not just the general concept of a bracha and remembering Hashem. He says, now let's learn some of the protim and hilchas brachas, like we're learning here. Which, when you learn the Gemara, you think this is like a real, you know, this is, a, this is, a, this is getting far away from the, the, the 
the general picture of what a brach is and going to some what seems to be some you know picky little detail in Hilchas brachas uh, of what's the first and the closest Eretz, what's further away from Eretz. Well, you know, in the order of the, the Rimon and the Tamar. Mikari Torah Belmunas Vadeis. When we learn the details of Hilchas brachas, we are also going to come into contact with Ikari Torah, with great principles and foundations of Torah, of Amunas Vadeis, of our beliefs, of our belief in our Amunas Vadeis. So, what is it that Rav Kook draws out from this interesting discussion between Rav Chizda and Rav Hamnuna? He is Saydish Torah. Our love for Eretz Yisrael, the love of Eretz Yisrael is a, is a basic Yisod of all of Yiddishkeit, is a foundation of all of Yiddishkeit, of all of Torah. Shimivias Klal Am Hashem. That our love for Eretz Yisrael, our connection to Eretz Yisrael, is in order to bring, in general, Am Hashem, Hashem's people, and really the entire world, Kulo to perfection. Alkein, Muchubarim Heim Inyani Habrochis, therefore, Muchubarim Heim Inyani Habrochis, back the Mosem Bismichasim Laaretz, or Laaretz Shabbatayra. Therefore, since Brochis, all Brochis, are for the purpose of of, of um, reminding us every moment of our lives of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and helping us with our emunas and deos. Therefore, when you look in the Torah and you see, and you see the order of brachas, they're connected to Eretz Yisrael, and the nature of that connection will determine how how um, Eretz Yisrael, to what degree, to what degree does Eretz Yisrael itself and our connection to Eretz Yisrael strengthen this Kesher between us and Kaddish Baruch In Yoni Brachas Bak, the Muslim is Michasim Laaretz Shabbatayr, Lahoris, that teaches us what? Ki kol ha-karav, karav yoysel Because the closer, the closer the fruit is to the word Eretz, it's closer to Eretz Yisrael, meaning that that, that that piece of food, that piece of Hashem's world, is revealing more of Eretz Yisrael than the one that's further away from the word Eretz, right? There's something about the one, the closer it is to Eretz, the more Kedusha's Eretz Yisrael, the more the Kesher of Eretz Yisrael is revealed. Whoever has a greater love for the land, <coughs> and the greater the ishtadlis that one makes to settle the land and to build the land, comes first in the order of brachas. Because on a higher level, in the hierarchy of brachas, the closer you are to Eretz Yisrael, and the more you invest in settling the land, the higher you are in that hierarchy of what? Of closeness to the basic fundamental Yisaitis of Taras Hashem, of Torah. The closer you are to Shlemus, to perfection. This love that Jews feel for Yisrael, obviously, is Mechulekes, it's divided based upon 
the mindless of people and their ability to understand what is Eretz Yisrael, why should I have any kesha, why should I have a shaykh to Eretz Yisrael. Ki yesh shemechavev Eretz HaKadosh b'shvil skuleyser ha'yikaris. There are those whose love for Eretz Yisrael is because of the great treasures that it contains, meaning in Ruchnius. And this type of a person has a great thirst to go and to, to kiss the, the stones and be attached even to the offer, to the dirt of Eretz because this person has a deep understanding of Kedusha Eretz and knows that in order to really observe all of the mitzvahs, in order to be able to get closer to Hashem through Kima mitzvahs, one has to live in Eretz Yisrael. So this is somebody who is on a high level of Ruchnius, and therefore, like Moshe Rabbeinu, who longed to come to Eretz Yisrael, and, he, and as it's explained, Tysus brings down, that Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, do you think that I'm, I, 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 stama, I want to go to Eretz Yisrael to, to be able to, to, to just to, uh, to, to have a nice place to live, to be with the rest of the people? No, because of the Mitzvah Satulius Baritz, because most of the Torah you can't keep in Chutz Laritz. We're not able to keep in, in Chutz Laritz. So there are Jews who, like Moshe Rabbeinu, understand, on different levels, understand that Eretz Yisrael is the place where all of Yiddishkeit can be truly observed, can be truly kept, and therefore it's that Eretz Chemda, Eretz Chefetz, where the one who's longing for God knows that the Dira, the place to live with Hashem in the most intimate way, the, the place to be closest to Hashem, if you really love Hashem, the place where you can be closest to Him and live together with Him in the most intimate way is Neretz Yisrael. Ubishvil HaTachlis El Yoyna HaNimtzis Bolekla Yisrael this person recognizes that the ultimate tachlis of creation, which is dear betachtanim, for Hashem is baruch to dwell with us in this world, the address is Eretz Yisrael. And that leads to the perfection of Am Yisrael, and ultimately, that will ultimately lead to the, to the redemption of the entire world. In the Maila in Ruchnius, to bring ourselves and subsequently the entire world to the true Mailan Ruchnius that we're waiting for. So that's one type of a love of Eretz Yisrael. It's an ideal. It's very, very great. This person's love for Eretz Yisrael is because it's connected, is inseparable from his love for Hashem. And because he knows that only in Eretz Yisrael can he have that ultimate relationship with Hashem, can he have the greatest cash with Hashem through the mitzvahs, and the Kedusha of the land, and so on. Therefore, this person is filled with chivuv, with a, with a great love for Eretz Yisrael. That's one type, Aleph. Beis. V'yesh mishir mechavi v'eretz Then you have another kind of a person who loves the land. V'yishtadl b'yishuva b'dirasa, and he makes, he he tries, he works hard to settle the land and to live in the land. V'yishvil shemake ba'atachlis because he recognizes that Eretz will, and only Eretz Yisrael, can ultimately be the Menucha HaChomris, 
the place where the Jewish people will be able to achieve physical well-being. We'll be able to be out of Golis, away from our enemies. We'll be able to be back in a healthy life where we're, where we're working and, and taking care of ourselves and we're not snoring from the goyim and, and so on and so forth. And these people understand that the tachlis, uh, they're not, they're not, these people are not interested in mitzvahs atulius barats. They're not thinking about dveikas basham. They're not thinking about the tachlis of Am Yisrael to be, uh, to be a light unto the nations and that, uh, if anything, just to get away from the nations, not to be light unto the nations. And they're not thinking, they're not thinking about Irish or Mashiach and, uh, or any of that. They, 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 their thought is very, very simple. It's, it's, it's a healthy, it's the healthy place for Am Yisrael, for the Jewish people. They love Am Yisrael, these Jews, and they want it to be good for the Jewish people. And the best place for the Jewish people is in our own country, with our own, with our own government and our own army protecting us, etc. Shugam kein dover And Rav Kook says, this too, this way of thinking, although it's not the ideal, the ideal is a combination of these two, it's not the ideal, but it's dover He says it's a very, this too, this on its own, is a very great and exalted goal. To achieve, well, Cook explains. Nevertheless, lo ba ad Of course, it doesn't reach the higher level, the first level. It doesn't reach the level of those who are connected to the tachlis, to the deeper, deeper reason, the tachlis of chibas arts, which is the fulfillment of Torah and dveikas basha. Alkain, therefore, Romans Baposu Kirva Brochis the Eris Bishte Marochis. So Cook explains that's why in the Posuk of Brochis and the fruits of Eretz Israel, that's why it's divided into two parts. Because there are two types of connections, there are two levels of that connection to Eretz Israel. Chamisha Minim, the five Minim in the beginning of the Posuk. The five meaning of Eretz Chita Sa'ura, the Gefen Uta'inavarimon. Those five meaning, which are in the first part of the Pasuk, Neged Ahesh La'aretz, correspond to the longing for the land, Ba'ofen Ha'elyon Hamu'ula, on the greater level, on the highest level, meaning for spiritual reasons. And the five Ramukuvanim Neged Chamishum Shitar correspond to the five books of the Torah. Shehain Yisaid Hashlama Yisraelis, which is the source of our perfecting ourselves and the world, the Torah, and the five Minim of Eretz Chita Sa'ura and so on, those five Minim correspond to the Chamishum Shitara, are referring to the higher ideal of coming back to Israel and settling the land because of its spiritual potential, because of its spiritual greatness. And through the Torah, the five books of Torah, and through Eretz Yisrael, Am Yisrael can achieve Shlemus and ultimately bring Shlemus to the entire world. And therefore, in that first part of the Pasuk, Kol the closer that fruit is, Eretz, Chitas, and so on, the closer that fruit is 
to the word Eretz, Teretz Yisrael, Muktim Lebracha. It comes first with a bracha. Meaning, remember, a bracha, the whole tachlis of a bracha, of a bracha is to bring us to that place of, of, of dveikas Bashem, of closeness to Hashem, and to bring us to emunas and deus, yesharos, like the Rambam writes in, 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 uh, in, uh, in Mishnah Torah, in Hilchas Brachas. That's the first chelik of the Pasuk. The chelik hasheni, the second chelik of the Pasuk, Zeis Shemun Udvash. The last of that series is the Dvash, is the Tamar. But it's very but it's closer than the word Rimon to the word Eretz, right? In the first part of the Pasuk, Eretz is further uh, Rimon is five away. So Dvash is closer in the second part of the Pasuk. So Rav Kook is now explaining why does the Pasuk divide, why is it split into two? Why does it have Eretz at the beginning and then again Eretz in the middle? Why is it twice Eretz? So if Kuk is learning, because he's talking about two types of closeness to Eretz Yisrael. Two reasons that Jews are drawn to Eretz Yisrael. The first part of the Pasuk is talking about those Jews who are drawn to Eretz Yisrael because of Hamisha Chum Sheitar, that's why there are five Minim. Those who are drawn to Eretz Yisrael and they feel a closeness to the land because of spiritual reasons. That's the first part of the Pasuk. Then we have a second word, Eretz. The Pasuk is being divided because Rav Kook is telling us that the Torah is the Torah is speaking about and to Jews who do not feel close to Eretz Yisrael because of mitzvahs, because of Torah, because of Hashem. They feel close to Eretz, to Eretz Yisrael, because of social, economic, political reasons that, of course, are connected to the love of the Jewish people, and they're longing to help Am Yisrael have a normal life. So therefore, if Kuk explains, which has the Tomar in it, the, the dates, the natural perfection that Am Yisrael can achieve, not religious perfection. That's the first Pasuk, the first part. The Jews of the second part, that's why, there's a, that's why there's a second word, Eretz. The Jews of the second part of the Pasuk don't really understand the meaning of mitzvahs, and the Ruchnis, and what Eretz Yisrael is, and Maishu Abeinu's Indian. That's, that's not where they're coming from. Where they're coming from is a, 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 uh, an appreciation and a love for the natural qualities of the land, which means the natural beauty of the land, but more importantly, the natural ability of the land to provide Am Yisrael with a healthy place to live, with a healthy way of living, to be on our own and take care of ourselves and so on. Here we're not talking about Ruchnius in terms of spirituality and Tveikas Basham. The second part of the Pasuk is talking about Tivis, which means every human being wants to be safe. Every human being wants to have his own place. Everybody wants to be able to have a national home, homeland. That's the feeling of, of patriotism and nationalism and so on is something which is common to all human beings. Not to, be, not to be in somebody else's place, not to be in somebody else's, in somebody else's uh, home. It's a natural yearning that, that, that people have, that healthy people have everywhere in the world.
Certainly befits a nation like Am Yisrael, that's a great people, that they should have their own place. So the Jews of the second part of the Pasuk, they're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not interested in all the Ruchnius and the spirituality and the five books of the Torah. They're not, that's, not, that's not where they're coming from. The, 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 the Ramon, the pomegranate is filled with, with seeds, with the, uh, with the seeds and the Jewish people, even, even the Rishoyim are filled with mitzvahs. They're, they're not, they don't go for that. And they don't necessarily even believe in any of that. That's not their thing. What they believe in is the Jewish people, and they love the Jewish people, and they believe that if they believe in God, they believe that God has given us this gift of a place for ourselves, of a home, and they want to make it into a, a comfortable, beautiful home. First, they want to make sure that our bad neighbors are taken care of, and they want to make it into a comfortable home, to a, a lichtige dira, a shayna dira, a nice dira, fix it up nice, build up the city, build, l- l- let's try to learn that. Build up the city, I'll get back to you. Build up, build up our land, make it nice, fix it up. So, this way, the stronger the defense of, uh, 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 of the land, the safer the Jewish people will be. The better, the better the agriculture, the better the economy, and so on and so forth. So Jews will finally be able to have what they always refer to as chayim normalium, normal, normal life. Gullus is abnormal. The way we lived, the way we live all of the years, now it feels a little bit more normal because physically things are safer and better than they've been. But the existence of Am Yisrael throughout history in Gullus is an abnormal existence. It's a fachad of was to be constantly afraid and constantly, and constantly persecuted and so on. And not to be our own balabatim, to be subservient and to have to pay rent to our enemies and so on. It's something that was an abnormal matzav of Am Yisrael and Golas. So the second type of Jews, this second group, they, they love Am Yisrael, the Jewish people, and they want very much to build up the land because of natural human reasons that everybody wants to have a place. Now, if Cook says, we learn from here. Yeah, turn over. Rav Kook says that the Torah is revealing to us how great is the level, even of a Jew, whose entire longing to settle the land is just because of this natural, universal, physical thing of having a place. A place for the for the people. The Torah is teaching us that, that this is this is also something very very great. Hashem wrote it into His Torah. Of course, as Hashem encoded this into the Torah, that there are two motivations to return: the first spiritual, and the second is physical and natural. And Hashem put this in the Torah to say that this hishtak, because this longing, which is very poshut, is itself something which is great. Not because Rav Kook in any way supported, God forbid, a secular, a secular lifestyle. Chas is a tzaddik. 
and we'll see more in the letter that he wrote back to to the Imre Emes that um, the the uh, that the Imre Emes and the Ostrovtser and the Novominsky Rebbe's those were the three tzaddikim that Rav Kook of course was on fire with the ideal of HSL being filled with the light of Torah and every inch being filled with, with, with Hashem as Baruch. But there's a reason, he says, why the Torah wrote it in this way. And he says, Ki haklal tamid kol gashmi First he says something fast, and we'll talk more about this when we do the letter. He says, haklal, when we're talking about the Jewish people as a people, even those things that are gashmi, that are physical, are upgraded to Ruchnis. In other words, if you're trying to, Rav Kook is saying, if you're trying to, um, let's say you're, there's a neighborhood, there's a neighborhood uh, someplace, uh, a Jewish neighborhood. Let's say, let, let's say not, not in Echisel, in Chutzlars, but there's a lot of Eden. Like over here. Baruch Hashem, there are a lot of Jews here. So there's no, there's no real park for the kids of Woodmere to play in on Shabbos. That's something which has been felt for a long time, by, especially by the young, young mothers, uh, that it's something which is terribly missing. When we were first married, after we came back from Israel, we lived in Kugan Hills, and there was a little Shabbos park. And my wife would, would, take, the, would take the children to the Shabbos park, and that would, especially on a long summer Shabbos, they were with all the Jewish kids, and they, had, they were able to be in the park, and the mothers could sit and schmooze on the benches, and the kids were able to play on, 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 on the uh, swings or whatever. And that was a very, very big Yeshua for, for, all of the, for all of the people in the neighborhood. A place like Woodmere, it's an interesting thing. There, there are many, many Eden over here. But there's no, there's no park. It used to be that by uh, the academy that it was open, but then they, they, uh, they felt that there was like a takeover that, that was going on every Shabbos. And, and, uh, and I guess maybe one or two things got broken, and whatever happened, happened, and the, and the park was closed down. So there's no... People have their own parks in their own backyards. Right, so, so that's that, that's a that's true. But it's not the same thing as a place where people can meet. There is something very very special uh, about a place where even some mothers who might retreat into their parks and never see another person, they might be a little bit shy. And when the women get together in these places, it's a very very beautiful way to socialize and so on. Yesh b'zemalshu, it's a nice thing. And I'm not saying it's the. Uh, I'm not saying it's the you know a big Indian of Tyra, but it's a it's a very chosh of a thing that that it is a beautiful thing that people have such a place as long as it's a big douche of a Tyra. I'm not talking about men and women being together. I'm talking about that the women have a place to go, and the men should be going to shul and to learn and so on. It's a good thing. So, if somebody with was if some wonderful group of Jews were to get together, and and they were to take care of such a thing in our neighborhood, and to and to somehow get a place and to make a park, even though that's a completely secular undertaking, to put up some swings and a sliding pond, that's a, that's, a, that's a totally secular thing to do. And their interest could be these are people who are totally not religious. They're not interested in, they're not interested in, in allowing the women to come together and talk about the parasha, or to figure out which school they're going to send their kids to, or something like that. That's, it's, it has nothing to do with Ruchnius. These are just Jews who, who, who believe that it's a Jewish neighborhood, and it's chaval that the Jews don't have a park. So Rav Kook is saying a very big yisod. We're going to talk a lot about this. And this comes up in the Sefer a lot. So Rav Kook is saying, look at just at the words. Eitzel haklal yahofech tomet kol inyan gashmi 
that when, it's some, when something is for the well-being of the klal, of the community, certainly of Am Yisrael, even if it's a physical thing, it is, it is upgraded to Ruchniyaz. It's first class. It's considered Ruchniyaz. So that, that Jew or those Jews who arrange for there to be a park for the kids to play, and even there's nothing Ruchniyaz. They don't, they don't believe in God. They don't care about Shabbos. They just feel bad that the kids don't have a place to play. Or like you have in, in neighborhoods in HSL. When you're doing something for the Klal, or even what the government is doing, let's say in HSL, to try to help the Tzibur, to help the Klal, that becomes Ruchniyaz. That becomes Ruchniyaz. Or like the famous saying from Bizal Salanta on a smaller scale, there's a famous saying from Bizal Salanta that somebody else's Gashmias is my Ruchniyaz. Right? That's a very obvious thing. My going to the kitchen and serving myself, unless I'm a Balmadrega, my taking something from the fridge, that's Gashmias. Right? It's a physical thing. But if I go to the fridge and I bring out something and bring it for somebody else, then his gashmias, his physical thing of eating, is my ruchnias. That's ruchnias. That's something spiritual for me. That's a godly thing that I'm doing. His gashmias is my ruchnias. My gashmias is my gashmias. Again, you could, you could work on that, but that's hard. Gashmias is gashmias. My gashmias is my gashmias. But his gashmias, to help him with his gashmias, to build a park for those kids, that's my ruchnias. So if Cook says, anything that's done for the clout, Whatever is done for the klal, and certainly to <coughs> establish the land, and to settle the land, to build up Yisrael, once it's something which is for the klal, then already it moves from being gashmi to ruchni. That's a very big yisod. It moves from being gashmi to ruchni. You see, and I've heard this in the name of different tzaddikim, you see that Jews are askanim. It's a dying breed. But there used to be certain people that gave their entire lives, or you still have Baruch Hashem, but there used to be more. Askan, what's an Askan? An Askan doesn't necessarily mean that he's a rich person. Now you have people that you always have Jews that will write out checks, and that's a very big Indian that they'll do that, and they're generous people. That's Baruch Hashem. Jews are generous. But then you have people that they're Askanim. Like, like, I tell people sometimes, so we have, people have tightness. You know, once the emails start, I, I don't look at emails, but I hear about them. Once they start bouncing around with tightness about things in the shul, so I try to remind people, and I've done it publicly and I do it privately, that these people who are taking care of these matters in the shul, they don't get a penny for that. That's all their own time. That's all their own time. The, the, the present president of the shul is a very choshiva psychiatrist who's busy helping Jews get better. And that, that is something that takes up all of his time. And it's been like that with all the past uh, presidents and with all individuals involved in in helping the klal. They're just doing that because they love Jews and they're trying to help. So all of those who are, the, the, uh, the, all the, email, the uh, email writers who are generally not the ones who are klal people. A klal. <laughs> generally, they're not the klal Yisrael people. The, the ones who are most annoyed and annoying, the ones who have tainus and who are constantly cracking, those are generally the ones who are going to the fridge for themselves. <laughs> I don't say always. Generally, those are the ones that go to the fridge for themselves. And they have the biggest tightness about the ones who are constantly serving them. Who are serving them, they have tightness. Now, as I said when I spoke on Shabbos a few weeks ago, that doesn't mean you can't have an opinion. It doesn't mean you can't try to help. 
But there's a difference between the one who is doing that also, the shame, helping the club, <coughs> and the one who is tam vayi amke misaynenim rabein asia, the ones who are who are um, chronic complainers. The complainers generally are not the askanim. The ones who are giving their time or volunteering to do things to help other Jews are usually victimized by the ones who are self-serving, selfish, self-occupied people. That's generally how things work in most communities. There are exceptions to that. And that's usually, as I said on Shabbos, that's usually how things are in that house as well. The, the husband who is very, very giving and loving and caring and does for his family, that type of a personality, that type of a personality is the type also that is not going to make his wife crazy with all kinds of complaints, crafting and criticizing and so on, generally. He volunteers every moment to do for his family. The other kind who's in it for himself, so then he has constant ha'oris that he's making about what's wrong with his wife, what's wrong with the children. That's the usual mahalach. So, again, there are exceptions to that because there are different madregas and so on, people who are sometimes not well, and emotional in Yonah that come from their own homes. But generally, that's how it is. The krechters, the complainers, are usually not the volunteers, and the volunteers are usually people who smile and do wonderful things in a, in a very, very generous and, and good way. It's better to be in that chelik of the Jewish people than the other chelik. It's much better. It's much better to <coughs> serve other people than to serve yourself. But what Rav Kook is saying here is it's not just that it's much better. Rav Kook is saying it's Ruchnius. It's Ruchnius. It's Ruchnius. So you could have a husband that, that, that prides himself on, on, his, <coughs> on his ability to say over Chiddush and the Gemara, but when it comes to getting up in the middle of the night, there is no chidushim over there when it, to get a bottle, you know, from the fridge, to get a baby bottle from the fridge. Oh, he'll get up to get a bottle, but that might be a schnapps or, a, <laughs> or a orange juice. But as far as getting a bottle for the baby, this lamdan, this tamu chacham, of course, it could stare his learning the next day, and uh, and he just goes on, you know. He, when he hears the sound, he just uh, turns over and holds onto the blanket tighter while his wife gets up for the fourth time to go to get the bottle. <clears throat> Thinking that there's no ruchnius in my getting a bottle from the fridge. I don't feel any ruchnius. Or like people say, now, it doesn't work for me, it doesn't do anything for me, it doesn't make me feel any closer to God. To help his wife doesn't make him feel any closer to God. No, there, are, there are Jews like that. That to help my wife doesn't make me feel any closer to God. Because the only way to get close to God is being closer to that first part of the puzzle, not the second part of the puzzle. So what Rav Kook is explaining, when you're doing for when you're doing for, for a klal, for a community, when you're doing for the Jewish people, okay, it's not an excuse not to put on film and keep Shabbos. Rav Kook is not talking about excuses. Everybody has to keep everybody has to keep mitzvahs. But when we're talking about when we're talking about is there value to this? Is there something that's precious in Hashem's eyes? Is there some greatness to this? The answer is yes. Because whatever is done for the klal, whatever is done for the tzibur, whatever is done for the nation, it's not gashmi, it's ruchmi. 
even though it's enclosed in physical things, it's it's ruchni. It's something which is spiritual. We have to talk about why the Rav Kook says bo sovo. He says twice. Always about Rav Kook's, Rav Kook's writings, he's constantly taking little pieces from different psukim all over Tanakh and all of, and places all over Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat We'll see why does he take these two words bo uh, bo sovo? Why does he say twice? Twice. We'll talk about that later on. He uses it also in the letter that he writes to the tzaddik from from this pasuk. Bo sovo. We'll see. He says, ultimately, the Tachlis El that higher Tachlis of Dveikas Bashem, of connection to the Torah and Hashem, that boasts of it, it will surely come. Eventually, it will happen. In other words, those Jews who give their lives to help the Klal, even though it's not religious in nature, it's to help to build out his soul, whatever it is. Ultimately, Bosovo, ultimately, ultimately, by that attachment to Jews and their love of the land, Bosovo, they too will be, they too will come to the Tachlis El It could take a while, but they too will come to the Tachlis El Yaina by, by means of this connection to Am Hashem and Eretz Hashem. To Hashem's people, Am Yisrael, and Eretz Hashem, and Hashem's land. Alkain, therefore, Mishieshlo Kurva Yesera La Eretzakaidish. Therefore, whoever has a stronger connection to the land. Now, what he's going to say here is, is not so many people might uh, might be familiar with this, because Ainayoz is a big cipher. And not everybody sees all of these tires. But he, he spoke about this openly and he wrote about it in his letters. We'll see some of that later on. It's going to look Radical, and this is going to get people upset. I don't think people here are going to get upset, but there are there are people that did get upset about what he says. Whoever is closer, who feels a greater love for Eretz Hakodesh, even even if it's the lower level of love, the second part of the pasuk, meaning we're talking about love that comes because of. Uh, the physical benefits of fixing up Eretz Yisrael. First of all, we have to mechazik that person. So Rav Kook supported Karnakayim and Yisrael. Again, he was screaming and yelling at these people to try to get to be makar of them in a good way, to be makar of them to Yiddishkeit. But he supported all of the secular efforts that were made to develop the land. First of all, he said halachically, he held that since the Karen Kayemet was, we'll see this inside, since the Karen Kayemet was, its main purpose at that time was to buy land back from Goyim, to buy land from the Arabs. That was the main purpose of Karen Kayemet. So Rav, Rav Kook in Halachi explained that that Indian of getting back the land and, and, and reacquiring the land, we see that the mitzvah of Kibosh Aras, of conquering Eretz Yisrael, even to the point of risking our lives, because every war means Jews are going to die. Hashem Yerachim. That's a war. And yet there's a mitzvah to conquer the land. So Rav Kook taught that buying back Eretz Yisrael from the Goyim is kibush arts, is conquering the land. With money. There are different ways. There's with weapons. Ideally, the best thing would be is nobody would have to get hurt. And we just raise a lot of money and we buy back everything. 
That would be the best thing. No one has to get hurt. <clears throat> but that's also a type of kibush. Rav Kook saw that in halacha as a type of kibush. The Karen Kayemer was mostly involved. There was a lot of corruption. But it was mostly involved in, in buying places back from the Arabs. And from Christians. Buying, buying places back in Israel. So Rav Kook wrote, Yeshon l'chazka l'amtsay. These are Jews who love the land, who love the nation, and they're close to Eretz Yisrael, to the word Eretz. We have to mechazek them, we have to strengthen them. Not only that, we put them, in the end, Rav Hamluna ate, made the bracha first on the date, which is the second type of a Jew. He made that bracha before the Rimon, which is the first type of a Jew. Now that's where it starts to get, that's where it starts to make a lot of people uncomfortable. He says, because the second type of a Jew who's closer to Eretz Yisrael, even though he's far away from Tari Mitzvahs, that bracha comes first. Listen, from another, from the first category of a Jew, even though in his heart he feels a connection to Eretz because of the holiness of the land, and his love for Eretz is because of mitzvahs and because of Hashem, but the reality is, he's still in Barapak in the five towns. Uh-huh. As far as having the land and the love of the land, but Poel, in reality, he feels it's a very great thing. He admires everything that's going on in Israel. He 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 writes out checks and he admires it, but he's not as close to the land as those who are in the swamps, who are in the swamps, and on the fields. Kamayshom Chazal, Chazal say regarding Omri, the king. Now this Omri, you know, we're talking about people from an earlier time. You have to always be careful. But this Omri was not. Uh, uh, learning in Kyle. If you know a little about Tanakh, I mean, he was a he was a he was a bad guy. He was a Russia. But Chazal say about him, was he How did he? How was he worthy of being a king? Over ten tribes, it's a thing. How is he worthy of that? The Gemara says, because Hosef Irach is because he built up one city of Eretz Yisrael. He added a new city. He added at that time at Tel Aviv. He built up a city. Now, he didn't, he didn't build up the city for the purpose of making yeshivas. In modern times, I guess you could take somebody like Teddy Kolak, right? He was a non-religious person. He was even antagonistic to religious people. Stami had a big mouth. But he loved Eretz Yisrael. And he made Yerushalayim beautiful. If only the Jews who lived there would clean it once in a while, it would be a big mitzvah. He made Yerushalayim beautiful. He went to Chutzarts, he raised probably hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars over the years to build up Yerushalayim so that now all of us can come. Our Chutzlarts our can come and we could have pleasure taking a stroll and admiring the beauty of the city. So Omri, this king, he was an unworthy person. 
He wasn't a religious man. <coughs> His kavana was not spiritual. He, he wasn't uh, doing that because of uh, the mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael. He was doing it because he felt that we needed a, we had to have some more settlements. We had to have some more apartments and places to live. It was it was getting tight. We're learning from here that the Torah wants Jews, even Jews who are not yet, who are not yet in the first part of the Pasuk. He wants Jews to put all of their karchas into building, even in, according to their level and their understanding, to building up the nation. That's why he says earlier, twice, because this will feed into the first part of the Pasuk. If Eretz Yisrael is developed by people who are, who are not necessarily interested in the religious value of the land, but they're driven because of their love of the people, of course there's a mysterious love and belief inside, but they don't see that. It's secular. But this will also, of course, be of tremendous benefit to the spirituality of Am Yisrael, because then we'll be able to live and, and we'll be able to settle the land, and, and Jews will be able to come back and learn Torah in Eretz Yisrael and to get closer and closer to Hashem in Eretz Yisrael, besides the fact that these very same Jews themselves will ultimately be drawn back through their own connection, which initially was secular. Al-Kain therefore, the Torah says, and that's what Rav Hamluna was saying, and, and that's why Rav Chizda was mamish, mamish blown away by Rav, what Rav Hamluna said. And we'll see why he said, if I had iron legs... I would run after you. said, it's it, it is a lower level of, of, of a connection to Eretz Yisrael. It's true. It's secular. Still, it comes before the religious guy, who's, not in general before, but in terms of Eretz Yisrael, it comes, it's on a higher level of a connection to Eretz Yisrael than the religious guy who just thinks about it or dreams about it and feels connected in, in Ruchnius because he read now a Torah from Rabbi Nachman about Eretz Yisrael, but it has nothing to do with, with building the land. So the Tomar, the date, comes before the Rimon because the date is closer to Eretz Yisrael in the secular part of the Pasuk, so to speak, than the Rimon, which is fifth, which is further away in the religious part of the Pasuk, from Eretz Yisrael. He's more removed. Even though he's on a lower level than in Ruchnius, in, in Yiddishkeit, than the first person. Nevertheless, but his physical actions of working on the land and settling the land are bringing him closer to that higher ideal of Eretz Yisrael being the place of, 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 of the Shechina and Am Yisrael living all together as a nation together in Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, ultimately, it's the Ruchni's things. Now he says, we have, let's just take another two minutes, if you have to leave, I understand, but let's just take another two minutes, Chaval, not to finish this, Mamish, another two minutes. So, so Rav Chizda hears this from Rav Hamnuna. Remember, Rav Hamnuna is a great master of Pnimis Torah. He's from the inner circle of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and 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 Rav Chizda hears this from Rav Hamnuna, and he says, "If I had iron legs, I would follow you, Mamish, to learn from you. I would go 
after you my whole life. Why does he say iron legs? Because he's saying, I, what, you just, what you just said, what you just taught, this, what you revealed is revealing to me that even a Jew who has iron legs, but he doesn't have a neshama that's of iron. His neshama is weak, but his legs are made of iron, of steel. And he and he and he runs to build the land and to work the land. He has iron legs. He said, "Me If I would have that physical strength, good strong iron muscles. I would come to that madrega of uh, that you're on, where, where there's a where there's a between the fiery spirit and the iron legs, both levels." On the Shema that's on fire with love of Eretz Yisrael, but to have the iron legs that carry us to Eretz Yisrael and build the land. Because in the end, those Jews who, are only, they, who only have the iron legs, it's only about the physical building of the land, ultimately it will lead to the Ruchnis as well. It will ultimately lead to the Ruchnis. So, but if it's just a Ruchnis level of Ahavis Yisrael, or Eretz Yisrael, you could sit in Poland for 5,000 years. And, 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 and come up after every Holocaust and say, a couple of us here, okay, let's start another, let's build another steeple in Poland until the next time it comes around. With iron gates, with great strength, the Jews should have iron bodies that are strong like iron. We should be, we should be courageous, people of courage, to lift up the glory and the honor of the Jewish people in, in, in physical matters as well. I would follow your path. To teach me more of how I can be zeicher to reach this madrega, he says not that we're talking about. Of course, was careful not that we're talking about all Jews now all of a sudden getting together and rebelling against the nations of the world and taking over the land. He's bringing the one of the oaths that we took in, in Galus. But to strengthen ourselves, because the strengthening gashmis will bring ultimately to the ruchnis as well. which is the goal. Of course I agree. It says in the Pesach, it's not by strength. It's not because of our physical strength. It's because of our spiritual strength. But in order to get there, we have to strengthen ourselves in both ways. Every day in davening, we have to strengthen our gates. We have to build up the land. The Jews should be healthy and strong in our land. We have to have borders that are strong and peaceful. We have to have farms that are producing delicious and wonderful food for all of Am Yisrael. It's all together. It comes in one thing. Ultimately, even those Jews who were initially motivated by just the iron legs of building the land physically will come. By being there and by working for Am Yisrael, they too will be brought back. 
to chukov umishpat v'shol Hashem, and all of the laws of the Torah. We'll, we'll, we'll go a little bit into the into the exchange between Rav Kook and the Tzaddik and Mitzvah Hashem uh, next week. Shabbos.